like <laughs> I heard that over here. You know how to pop your ear like that? Feels so good. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It didn't look like it felt very good. Pull your earlobe. Oh, I guarantee you, it's it's, it's relieving. Clint's over here popping his eardrum in preparation for another wonderful episode of Where the Pavement Ends. I can't ends. do it. Clint, Clay's pulling on his ears. I heard <laughs> Clint's pop from a. I don't even want to pull on mine. Does, it's an actual. It's a myofascial release technique. It's just literally called a ear pull or an earlobe pull and. Grab a hold of your earlobe. You get you have tension, headaches, jaw tension, just a yeah. little bit of stress kind of stuff. Give that earlobe a little wiggle, and you pretty much want to pull straight horizontal. Ow! Wow! And you get a nice pop. Ow! Yeah. Doesn't that feel like now your ears are just draining all the wow. pressure out of them? I don't know. If, I wonder if that microphone picked that. It was loud in my head. Yeah. So that pop is that fascia, the connective tissue fascia, just popping loose. Ooh. It's a little, uh, that's a little health uh, tip to uh, start your uh, day there. Wow. What else do you want to know? <laughs> wow. What else you got for me? You think it's good to pop your neck? To crack your neck? Yeah. Generally, no. What about of... like your fingers and stuff? Is it? So, yeah, there's all kinds of different theories on it, but all that is, is that's just a pressure release, a gas gas exchange when you hear the pop so to me there's no evidence between doing that and having arthritis at a younger age than you would have otherwise i feel like popping your neck is a whole other thing you know because it kind of depends on where you're popping it and how you're doing it some people grab a hold of their chin and yank on it some people just try to do the natural so if you do it i i don't i would say you don't want to give it that like over pressure yeah. like grabbing your chin and really trying to force it i kind of i don't grab my chin but i kind of like twist my neck around till i find where it doesn't really want to go anymore and then if yeah. you do like a little bit more it'll pop you know but one of the best techniques because a lot of times if you do it on your own you're popping the joints that are popping or making noise are ones that move already right if you're just so you're gen- not giving you're just yourself any relief or whatever not, not necessarily right but uh if you use a towel so like when you're drying off in the morning and put the towel right at the base of your skull so and lean your uh, head back on it so it kind of extends your neck a little bit. That kind of shuts down the rest of the vertebrae from moving. And then you can roll your towel side to side, and that side bending of your of your head just a little bit to one way and rotating the other way, if it pops there, that's actually probably a good technique. Wow. But the one where you just kind of tur- yeah, tip your ear this, and then grab your thing. chin and stuff yeah. like that, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I, uh, I always, some, not always, I, I sometimes feel like my elbow like gets like stuck. And then if I do that, it'll pop. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess none of it's like maybe bad for you per se, but probably not something you should do all the time or something. Yeah. Generally speaking, popping joints isn't an unhealthy thing, but at the same time in the, with, with your back, if your neck, if you're doing it all the time, they're just, it's going to have to be popped more often. Yeah, well, I was going to say pretty true, right? The more often you do it, then more often you have to do it. I remember, you know, back in the day we always used to crack each other's backs. But I don't know why. Cuz it's kind of cool when you, you younger, hear that you know? sound and yeah. Yeah, especially when you do it to somebody else. Oh my god. It's unbelievable. Pretty much a chiropractor yeah. now. Yeah. I don't know why we got started talking about this because we don't tend to he, talk about this. He all, literally he did it right when it started. So all morning long, yeah, I guess that's how it was. But 
That was a nice ear pop, and then I got both of mine, which it, it does feel nice. A little, I feel like a little bit of heat in there. Yep. I feel like I can hear everything, too. Yep. I did today, though, uh, wanted to talk a little bit about it's it's a weird uh it's a weird topic to broach but um you know here in Nevada we've got a lot of BLM land so you know we can kind of go out and do some different hunting and stuff without having to necessarily ask permission or you know seek permission we definitely I'm not saying it's not done out here but in other states and things people lease property to hunt on um but we have noticed uh, as our city gets bigger and, you know, populations grow and people buy stuff, a lot more private land around us and actually swallowing up some of our hunting places. Right. And a lot of it's this industrial. We've had yeah. so much industrial move into the area and it happens to be that cheaper land that's along the river and in the different county over there and all that type of stuff. So, yeah locks you out of your access to the river which it's frustrating and i mean and i think it's a well i can think back when i was in my 20s maybe even younger uh one of my very favorite places to go chucker hunting got bought um and sometimes you know when when people or places buy a you know a piece of land it's not that big of a deal because they either don't lock it up or they don't care if people are out hunting. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of property in Nevada that's got maybe, you know, cows on it or, or maybe nothing. And so the owners just, they don't care if you, or, or maybe just in general, they don't care if people go up there and hunting this particular person or family that bought this spot that I'm talking about. They, they don't allow people to go on their properties and they post them correctly, which is kind of an interesting you know, thing to think about in itself is what is it? What is land that's not, you're not able to hunt at, at least in Nevada, you've got to have it marked like every 150 feet. And if you don't properly mark it, all they uh, can do is tell you to get all out. they can do is ask you to leave. Right. So now obviously more probably comes from that. If you're doing it over and over and over, but you know, being that there's so much BLN land and so much uh, unmarked private land, I think that's the that's kind of the happy medium, right? Is it if you truly don't want somebody on your property, you're gonna have to mark it correctly because us growing up here, you know, you could be walking, you come across a barbed wire fence. There's no way to know. There's so many fences. Yeah, there's so many fences. There's no way to know what a fence is. You know what I mean? Is that was that an old school? you know, just a place that somebody stored some cattle. Was that a old property line? Is that, a, you know, you just don't know. So here and don't, don't go into your own, you know, backyard somewhere in some other part of the U S and take our rule for it, because I'm sure it's different well, everywhere. But, say the time I've spent, you know, like Kansas, Nebraska, if there's a fence, yeah, you ain't going, you're not going private. through it. I mean, yeah. it's so much of it's private property. So if it's fenced, it's you're trespassing. Right. So, so I kinda, mean, that's kind of different rules. That's given rise to, you know those apps that are out there now. Yeah, yeah, like the the one. Yeah, yeah. Hunt wise, the, the very, the very popular. Yeah, so so many of them. But I mean, the, and that's probably important in those places where here. Not that it's not important, but like we just said, if it's not marked, it doesn't really matter because 
you can go on to it. You know what you I mean? For, sometimes you forget, to, you know, because it's not work. You don't have service out there. Right, right. So you can't get on. So you forget to download the pre-maps to, if you, to find it, see if it is private or not. So what do you do? I, if it's not marked and you have no other way, and there, I mean, if it's private property and there's no livable structure... Right, there's not somebody yeah, living. Go on for it. it. Right, we always we've all just basically grew up with, you know, leave the fence the way it was. Yeah. Right, you know, just make sure you close the gate. And kind of common sense, right? You like know. you just said it. If it's locked, if you come to a gate and it's locked, you probably also shouldn't jump the fence. You know what I mean? You, th- are you are you okay if you do? Maybe, but you know, it's obviously probably not. If it's not marked, but the gate's locked, don't go in there. If the gate's open and it's not marked, I think you go in there, right? That's how I've always been. It's, always just well, and even if the if the gate's closed, you yeah, know, you just shut the gate so, behind so you. you yeah. shut because that's like you said; those are usually just big plots of land where they've got cattle grazing. They yeah, because are owned and or leased, you know that kind that, of thing. That, so. I don't know how it is in other states. I imagine it's probably the same that ranchers have. Uh, what what Uncle Lavore say that the. The, oh, the, the shoestring, it doesn't come with the yeah, AREs a, a, AWMs or, or something. Something where they have basically acreage that their cows can graze that on. Are, that are go- that's government land. Right. That they don't own, that they're just letting the cattle go right. out there and eat the grass. Right. It's, the cow shouldn't deter you. Like, yeah. So right? we, I mean, we, you can still go out there. It's not that they own it and whatever, right. but there's thousands of those fences in Nevada that it, that yeah. isn't private land. Yep. And I've said, always, you know... It, and I bet a lot of people don't do this, but even if I if I see one sign, I, I adhere to it. You know what I mean? Like me too. I, I don't. I, I think it's there's some happy medium between having a sign every 150 feet. You know, you think about a 40 acre piece of land that's fenced. If you had to put a "Do Not Trespass, No Hunting" sign on every 150 feet, you're you're buying a hundred of those signs. Now you talk about having a thousand acres talk about having ten thousand you know a lot of money is spent a lot of if not not only that if you're and if you're actually posting it the way you're supposed to you know where it where it's pretty much foolproof you're also you've got a caretaker you've got somebody who lives there and you're managing it right for very likely it could be grazing it could be grazing they don't you know that's certain just when the sheep are in a certain area of of the ranch they just don't want anybody in there but more Mm -hmm. likely not they're managing it for a little bit of hunting yeah yeah so you know yeah and, and and that's I think that's great. If you own if you own land, if if I own land, I'd, I'm I'm being honest with everyone. I'm not going to let people come on it. You know what I mean? Like like you said, if if someday I get to a point where I've got a uh you know cool little you know ranch out in the middle of nowhere with deer and antelope and chucker and all that, I'm not I'm not letting John Q come in and hunt there either. You know what I mean? I just I think that's cool. If if you've if you've got to a point in your life where you can buy piece of property i don't think you should let everybody onto it i get we could make an argument for a you know there there's a there's a family here that owns a lot of land and they mark it all and they don't want anyone on it and i mean a lot of people get upset with them i mean but like i said i mean i think if if i got to a point where i could do it i probably would do the same thing i have found and we have found there are some cool people out there in the world that mark it but then they put on their fence if you want access call us so I guess that, that's kind of where I was going to... Yeah, that's what I was going to say. perfect segue, yep. uh, Is when you talked about a lock gate and one sign, yeah, it's pretty much I'm go- trying to find somewhere else. Right. I'm either going to go hunt 
you know, other private property that I have access to or, you know, open BLM land. Yep. So you, if you do, you got to f- come back and try to find the owner because it could be just marked and no one lives out there and they could have just marked it. Could have been marked it, for a hundred years. And, and, just, and you could come back knows, and try yeah. to find, you can go to assessor roles and recorders and try to find and, and, and see if you can get access and do it the right way. Because that's where I think a lot of the problems arise with land ownership and people trespassing. They do it the wrong way. They try to like, oh, I'm not going to get caught mm-hmm. because then, but you, you do. And that makes that rancher or owner pissed off even more to let no one on there. Yep. To where if you were just to, you know, bring them a bottle of Jack D or, you know, get to know them and bring them some beer or whatever every now and again, if you go out there and say thank you and do it the right way, I think a lot of people would say yes, especially to coyotes. I mean, if we're strictly talking coyote hunting or if we're just strictly getting access to hunt something, um, it still goes down to doing it the right way. But if you're talking about coyotes, most ranchers I would say would let you if you're respectful for their land. And if you ever want to have a chance to go back again, you better be respectful, right? Close gates, not leave a gate open, not let their cattle go. Don't shoot into their cattle or sheep yep. or whatever. But Oh, you, you could have a whole podcast on the etiquette of once you do get yeah. access to it. But if they, if they, there are ranchers that don't want you to hunt regardless because here in Nevada, you know, there's those ranchers that don't really like the coyotes, but the coyotes come and eat the, the squirrels, but they want you to shoot the squirrels, but not the coyotes because now the coyotes eat the squirrels. Now their cattle's not stepping in the big hole and mm-hmm. all that stuff to break their legs. So there's a lot of things like that, that that people take into consideration. But I think for, for the majority part, speaking here in Nevada, most ranchers, if you find a way to get a hold of them, they're going to say yes. It, I agree with you. And I, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, you know, some of that etiquette when you do find that guy. But I, I, I just thought of a story that makes me laugh and you guys were all there. Uh, we were cruising through the desert you know, and, and I mean, we were close to a small town in Nevada and we went through an open gate in the UTV. We were coyote hunting and we called two or three stands and we were just working our way through this flat. And, and all of a sudden a four wheeler comes up behind us. And I mean, he comes up behind us like fast and he actually ran into us if I remember right. And we were totally just like surprised and taken aback and we stopped and he was just yelling and what are you doing out here you know and he got all pissed and you know told us we were trespassing and we said what do you mean you know there's no there's no sign we didn't see a sign we didn't see a and he said well where'd you come in here and we said you know back over on the road over there oh well there's a sign over there it's not our place to argue whether you know with the guy but there was no sign and the gate was open no sign the gate was open and the gate was open and and it wasn't like there, there was no house around. There was nothing. It was just like a flat that, yes, there was a fence around it, but like we just said, no sign gate close or gate laying on the ground. So we drive in and he, but he was so pissed and he wouldn't, you know, wouldn't give us a second to explain. And at that point you turn around and leave, you know, you don't want to have an issue out there. I mean, we could have pushed the issue with him. Sure. And, but, but at the end of the day, you're on his property. Yeah. You're on if his you really property. have a level head and think about it. You're on his property. He has, he has every right to be pissed. hundred percent. He has no right to assault you or pull a gun on you or anything like that, but he has the right to be pissed. And 
we had you have to kind of err on the side of maybe we did miss that sign. Yep. But at the same time, not it's not the fence was not closed. And there was no there sign. Was no when, when we left, and all he can do is ask us to leave. Right. He just doesn't necessarily have to ask us to leave nicely. But that's it. That's a great <laughs> right? way to say it. And, yep. the, and, you, and it goes back to the reason he probably acted like that was because people have probably snuck onto his property many, many times. Yep. He's he could just be that guy. That right? too. There's always that guy out there, but he's probably had to chase people off his property many, many times. In my opinion, he's the kind of guy that should post and. Because he already has that attitude, so right. he should do it right, so that people that are on his property did know. And then they deserve you know, to have an earful. And he, yeah, they do deserve to have it. They do. They could. They would deserve to have you know their license plate taken down and having the authorities called. But yeah, yeah I remember that. That's a sp- specific one there that we just. I thought we handled ourselves pretty good because the way he was acting, you easily could have gave it right back to him. Oh, yeah. It's like at the end of the day. Well, and he ran into our know, machine, you know, yeah, which he didn't just, have to we're, do. We're on his property. We're yeah. technically on his property. He's asking us to leave. You got to leave. But, I mean, yeah, we could have pushed it. We could have gotten a fight. We could have done this and said, we don't know if it's his property. That too. Uh, and I'm, I'm not saying this is what we did or you should ever do this because it's just going to cause bigger problems. But in reality, I, I could be squatting out there i could you could know, be your favorite i could spot. be my you favorite spot there, and pretend yeah. to be it's my property oh yeah i could have taken the sign down and faked it you know all, there's a whole bunch of different things well, but in reality that's why now i guess the real smart thing to do is get get a nap i guess but again are you gonna say you're gonna yeah is that is uh, you always hear ignorance is not or there's yeah, ignorance isn't a excuse for the law or yeah, something. something like some some saying like that. Oh, I didn't know it was your property, or I did. Well, you you if you're out here taking the, you know, hunting or or doing whatever, it's your job to do the due it's diligence. your job due diligence of where you're going to be hunting. Yeah. I think that's how the law is. I'm not. Well, 100%. yeah. Well, no. It's well, it's kind of that you. Were, I think it's like your ethics versus the actual law. Because when it comes down to the law, you're better off claiming ignorance. Because you're not if, as it, liable if you're saying, "Oh yeah, I know, I knew that." Well, especially legally, in you're that in trespassing trouble. kind of a, right. a scenario. So you're better off in a legal standpoint yeah. is claim ignorance. Ignorance is which we're not giving you legal advice, but yeah. But as far as your <laughs> ethics of of yeah, being no, on a guy's property and stuff, you know, it, it's listen, a, that's it, a different it, deal. If you you know, I can think of a, a spot and you know out in Elko where there's a mine, and it's a working mine. And obviously, if you look over, you see the mining trucks and you see all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, th- that doesn't need to be posted to know that you shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? Like, that's like, you're going to go on to, you know, if you see a house and there's smoke coming out of the chimney and the lights are on, you're going to shoot a deer in their front yard and go, oh, it wasn't posted. Yeah. No, I mean, you got to use common sense. You got to use a lot of common sense. But I think, you know, what we're saying is, number one, yeah, you know, it, if it's not properly marked and posted and you're in the middle of nowhere. Technically you technically here in Nevada, here in Nevada, you, you, you're not going to jail. You're not get you know, nothing's going to happen to you. Now, if you do it over and over and over again, you're that you're going to get in trouble. But you know, if, if for some reason you're out there and, and you've crossed a fence and, and a game warden sees you, and he happens to know this is, you know, Joey Bob's property and you shouldn't be on it. You know, you kind of, well, it's not marked. They're not going to go, oh, tough, you're going to jail or we're writing you a ticket. You know, that's not going to happen in right. Nevada. Right, because there's so many places. I mean, 
being being oh. out where we've been so many times in all different like, parts of the state. There's plenty of private property we've been on that is it, it technically is, but it's not even fenced anymore. Well, I was just going to say you know, they, so- they want you on there, or they don't care that you're on there. They don't even live out there. Yep. I mean, you think of that place up in the the Santa Rosas. You know, it's like it's like because there's so much of that, there's no way you're ever going to really get in that big of trouble because right. the the only time is when it was those rare ranches that are around the state that are purposely marked. They, they know exactly what the law is. Oh yeah. And those not only have a locked gate, they also have, you know, they have caretakers. They have people that are roaming that property and that, that those are few and far between. Yep. Um, also the people who have those grazing rights, what we were talking about, they have the right. If they, if they get like a 10 year lease, 15 year lease on a hundred thousand acres of BLM, they have the right. They can go maintain that land as if it was theirs. They can put up fences, and, but they can just to control their cattle. Sure, because their you cattle. Have to do that. You have to do that because the cattle can't go onto anybody else's land or the or more government land because you're not paying you're not for those. It. You're not leasing yeah. it, and hence why there's so many fences so that, out there. Uh, that's that where I was getting. That's why I was getting at it. Just because there's a fence, these people could be it could be BLM land, but it's fenced because they have to keep their cattle or whatever is grazing on those on the right the least land that they have. Yep. So when I was a kid, we, uh, we always, uh, we had mining rights and they're, they're very similar in the sense that, you know, you can purchase the mining rights to 80 acres, but you do not own them. And I mean, so, you know, people could technically come in there and they can't mine, but, and that's the whole kind of, you know, gray areas, you got your, you know, $3,000 a head cattle out there. I don't want guys with rifles out here. You know, you've got a mining right where you're mining gold and you've got equipment up there and, and you've got gold in the ground. You don't want people up there, but technically you can't keep them out because it's BLM land and having the right to graze, having the right to mine doesn't give you the ownership of the land. And like you said, there might be fences, there might be equipment, there might be trailers, there might be whatever, but you you that's our, you know, public lands for everyone to use and that's where this, you know, kind of I guess the Nevada law it's not a law, but this rule in Nevada of, you know, if it's not properly marked and all that, you you can only be asked to leave and like you in the in the instances of grazing and mining, they probably can't even do that. You know what I mean? You if you only have the 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 grazing acreage and you don't own it, they can't really ask you to leave, even though they probably don't want you out there shooting guns around their cows. And what you know, that's that's kind of if it's just mostly sagebrush land area. Yeah, they as long as you, you know, whatever the percentage is, I'm going to say 99 percent of hunters are ethical and do the right, right thing. They're not going to be shooting. T- they know not to shoot towards cattle. They right. don't do that. So you, re- regardless if you get permission or not on something like this, what we're talking about, yeah, there's cattle out there, but those those same ranchers want you there to kill the coyotes right. too. Keep them, keep them away from the calves. So, I mean, we're, all, we're always talking, these things always come up when it's, when it's the one bad apple or the two bad apples oh, that yeah. ruin it. Where it does get shut down, because I've been on property duck hunting, where you you get a go, and then the next year you go back and you do the same thing and ask, and they're like, nope, can't do it no more. Yep. Um, or it's 
well, you can maybe shoot a bow, but you can't rifle hunt no more. Or it's a lot of times we've seen it waterfowl hunting where they gave permission to somebody and they drove in on a very wet, muddy field with their truck and trailer and ruined everything instead of walking their stuff in. So next year you, yeah, you can hunt, but you ain't driving your truck in. So now you have to, you know, walk it in a mile if you want to hunt. So we're always talking about these things when it's the bad apple. Yep. We, we hunted a place and, and, uh, my brother actually had a bow tag and he went and knocked on the, on the rancher's door, you know, and the, and the guy right away was, Nope, Nope. Don't let anyone hunt out here. And, but you know how, if you, if you know anything about it, you know, ranchers, I think tend to get lonely and they want to chat for a minute, even if they have told, you no, you know, but so we continue to kind of talk to him and, you know, well, what kind of hunt are you doing? Well, we're just going to bow hunt, you know? Oh, good. You know, cause actually the last person I let come out here, we, we specifically told them not to be out here at the, you know, first light shooting guns. And they were down on the pond shooting ducks at, you know, five o'clock in the morning, woke up the whole family. That's why I don't let anyone hunt out here anymore. And it's like, you know, like you said, one bad apple, they get greedy or whatever, you know, you, you, you get permission to hunt a guy's duck pond and he asks you not to go out there at the crack of dawn and you just can't resist it. And you go out there anyway. And you know, now he doesn't want anyone out there and, I actually, the Opio Ranch was the same way, which has gone now out here, so I can openly talk about it, but they used to let people hunt out there, and then same thing, you know, Christmas morning or something, they got guys banging away at, you know, 4.30 in the morning, first light, and, and wakes up the whole family, and fi- they finally said, dude, no one can, can hunt out here can, anymore. Uh, do you think we could ask Winco for permission yeah. now? What, what do you think they did with that pond out there? <laughs> what, Winco, can we shoot ducks in your parking lot? That's a nice sidebar talk. Yeah. Uh, I drove out here last week, and, and then you drive out here, and there's already sticks in the ground. Pretty soon, that that valley is just going to be this more is, houses, dude. This is amazing. Right down here from my house, five apartment buildings going in oh, or something. I, you, you can't stop it. I, you can't stop it. And it's, but that's where it, it kind of all ties in, right? Because, you know, a lot of people are coming from California, most mostly growing our economy and, you know, <laughs> housing and all that stuff. But along with that comes an extra an amount more hunters. They're not all hunters, but there's a good few that come here and they're going to be hunting. Right. Or might never have hunted. And now that they have the right to own a gun freely and not, and, and, and not be <laughs> not register each register, and every all round that stuff. Now they are going to shoot and hunt and go out on private land or go out and hunt and ask. So there's more people, more pressure. So regardless of it's private or public, I've seen a big decrease in, especially around town. And and there are areas because, like it or hate it, our show, Dead Dog Walking, gave up a lot of good spots in Nevada. <laughs> a lot of people, I mean, we talked about it freely where we were and bad part on us or whatever, but we were free on our tactics and where we were and how-tos and stuff like that. And not saying it's all us because there's a ton of coyote hunters that were before us and come after us and other TV shows. But in Nevada, I think the pressure from more people coming from out of state living here just in general and the thought of, you know, our show or whatever it is, there's pressure around this state, I think more than it ever has been. And I see the downfall in the 
successful stands that we take on every year now. Where well, we used to say, oh, honey hole, and we would kill eight out of ten. It's now four out of ten. Well, yeah, it, when it comes to coyote hunting, like, just, I mean, let's just say it. Fifteen years ago, what, nobody what's did the it. What's the percentage increase in your mind of people who are oh, out there actually doing yeah. it? And maybe not die hard, you know, like a duck hunter got their decoys and their waders and just, you know, and a dog and committed to everything to it, but do it. On a semi-regular to regular basis. I mean, it's uh, I, I exponentially It's ex- exponentially. And it's, you're talking to people that, which is good. Growing a sport, especially in hunting, is a good thing. I'm not saying I don't want more hunters in the, in the space. That's, uh, we need more hunters. But it makes it, it tough it's frustrating uh, that we were part of this now new problem, uh, creating that. And I'm not, like, I'm, I'm not talking crap about certain coyote hunters. But as you learn and as you are getting it and you are a new hunter or whatever, what do you do? You Most likely you're just going to get a call and go out there and hit maybe a dying rabbit. It's not really, um, they're not professionals. And so every stand is getting hit with a dying rabbit. So you go in there the next day and hit the dying rabbit and nothing reacts. So you got to change up your game. So I think just everything in general is more pressure what do you think? I I couldn't agree more. And I I think of a memory that we have from Wyoming when we were invited up there to, you know, kind of sit in on a contest and we we went out, we didn't contest call, we just went out with the with the gentleman and it's just you know, I remember we turned we turned a call on on one stand, and the the coyotes ran the other way. I mean, that's that's pressure. You know, that's that's coyotes that they knew the drill. They'd been called before, and probably you know within a month had been called before, and it was just like the driest hunting we'd ever seen. And it's because the the whole area just been hammered. Yeah. You know, and I we see it. You know, even in you know smaller towns and communities around Nevada where there's not as much to do, right? It's like the, it, 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 you just don't have that, you know, abundance of things to do with your free time. So it's like you can imagine these younger guys and probably all around guys, they're, they're out coyote hunting. You know, yeah, it's like, yeah, especially for coyote hunting because you can do it. You can do it year you, round you know, and no license. No, there's no, it's not really right. a regulated thing. So it, it's the one. If you're looking to do something that's pretty much wide open, it's coyote hunting versus any of the other stuff. You got to draw a tag or it's got to be in season. And so, you know, if you're a chucker hunter, very likely you got to get a dog. You know, there's just all those other parameters, whereas coyote hunting is the perfect introductory um, style of hunting that's out there. Yep. And it's, you know, I mean, who knows? Well, it's, you were you brought up that Wyoming thing, which kind of makes me think of where I spent some time in school and stuff. Is, you know, that kind of Midwest, uh, not near the open BLM, you know, government-owned public land like Nevada is. So the dynamic of what we're talking about as far as specifically coyote hunting and how the population growth has changed <laughs> so many dynamics of uh, of how successful we are it's even going to happen more rapidly. Like it happened to us over the course of a decade, right? Oh, yeah. Well, the one you just specifically talked about in Wyoming, because a lot of that is private land that guys are getting permission on 
potentially even leasing the hunting rights on certain ranches and stuff. Those are the only places they can go. And mm. that one you're saying specifically, I mean, that guy had every time he went coyote hunting, at least probably 70% of the time, he called that ranch, right? right. So I bet you that that window of not just population growth coming in, but when you're dealing with other states that have so much private land that you're going to only have so much access to, I mean, what's happened to us over the course of the decade, that's going to happen in a couple of years out in those well, that and, country. And you, I mean, there's always the, I mean, I think about it like duck hunting out at, you know, Stillwater. If you get new birds that move in, you know, then you're, then you're okay. You know, it's like, and I, you know, there's always, a, you know, in their mind, because you, you think about, if you said that to me, like, hey, I got, you know, maybe I gave this guy a hundred bucks and I've got, I can coyote hunt his thousand acres. You're going to call that once a week? Like, sure, there's a chance a new coyote moved in or you get one from down the way that hears it and comes. But as, as someone that's coyote hunted a bunch, you're not going to do that. But they do do that. Like you said, sure. if if that's your choice, if if you got enough money to have, you know, two or three ranches that, that you've leased in a in a area and, and that's your, you know, Saturday, you're going coyote hunting, of course you're going to go to those ranches, you know. and But like you said, you're going to burn them out, dude. And I don't know. It's, I think we, we say it somewhat half-heartedly, but in all honesty, you know, a lot of the places around here, they're, they're, they're burned out as far as calling goes, you know, for, and you said it, it's, it's partially our fault. We got no one to blame for it. It just makes it harder on us, right? We have to go get new stands and you got to go further out and you got to get further away and, you know, uh, maybe, pick and choose your yeah because 10, photos 10 and, 12 years yeah exactly don't show the background mountains tighten yeah. up those tighten up those screens <laughs> up a little them bit put, put everything in a blur uh, what is it uh portrait mode yep. everything's blurry in the back um but yeah 10 you know 15 years ago when we hell it's been oh it's been I'm trying to think when we did uh, Devil Dogs with Fred Zink when we were filming. At least 15 years 15 ago. Years, 15, 16 years ago when we started filming. Anyway, um, back then, like you're just saying, regardless if it's private or not, even if it was BLM, you had your runs, you had your stands, your honey holes where, you know, yeah. and you loops. were, like I said, you had your loops and you didn't call it, but twice a year, yep. you know, and you kept them fresh year after year they produced but now there's so many more people doing it for whatever reason people moving in new people to the sport our fault other tv shows fault whatever it is now those same spots how many times over the past couple of years have we gone to some of our premier spots and there's tire tracks and footprints exactly where you would get off and stop and, and yep. call and so just happened you, to us the other day. You don't know if it, that was last week, two weeks, a month ago, because like I said, we're hunting one spot once or twice a year. Well, that, <laughs> that spot could have been hit by five different people between those two times and, you know, six different times the day before the week before. So it's, it's very frustrating when you're, when you come across that, but you can't get mad just like, <laughs> with, just, you uh, got your favorite uh, duck hunting spot and there's shells in the, on the ground. I mean, yeah, you can't, just like you were saying, if you got, uh, you know, made it in life and you were able to buy some property, you wouldn't, you know, let anybody on it. 
you can't get mad no. because they're doing the same thing we're doing. So we got to find better stands and and maybe get some private property. Yep. Or I mean, we have well, some we have some private property <laughs> yeah. that no one has access to. Right. That's no doubt. But again, we only hunt that once, twice a year to keep it good. Yep. Um. So I don't know. Do we? Take up trucker hunting for a while? Do we take up fishing for a while to, to lessen, to do our part? If and, my back was better, I'd be bowling. <laughs> <laughs> That's a nice winter sport. What bowling? It's pickleball. It's all pickleball oh, these man. days. It's I, hot. It's the biggest, fastest I, I growing sport. Pick, you can't drink beer and pickleball. <laughs> that could be a new game. Pickle. Kind of, kind of like that, that, uh, that, the uh, Frisbee game. Oh, yeah. Fris- Frisbee beer. beer. Uh, or well, pol- whatever they call it. Less politically correct way of saying it. I've heard it called Polish horseshoes. That's racist. But you know, you're 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 holding your beer in your hand, kind of stuff. We oh, could well, have remember a, we played it. We up. could have a Polish. It's, a great, it's such game. a great game. That, it hurts your hand after a while, though. But yeah, that's a great game. What a just just briefly. I, I always think it's funny, and you brought it up. You know, if you get some permission, you, you got. Uh, I even know people that travel around with it. Man, you got go bottle of Jack Daniels in the truck. We had a great spot here that uh, the the dude liked Guinness beer, so every time we'd go, we'd bring him a, a twelve pack of Guinness beer. And uh, I, the guy that I'm telling that I told the story about earlier that uh, he ultimately let my brother hunt on his ranch, Natural Light, which was great <laughs> because that stuff one. was like eleven dollars for a thirty pack. <laughs> so every time we'd go hunting out there, we'd drop a, a case of Natural Light on the porch or whatever. But yummy, that, you gotta. You got to do that. You know what I mean? I've And I've been squirrel hunting where the ranchers leave ammo on the porch because they want you out there doing it. And, you know, you, you touched on it. We, we've got some property where the, the owner loves to have us out there and cooks us dinner and we stay in the house. And, you know, it's a it's a, it's like a little trip. You know, it's like a you're not out there just little, just little doing business it's coyote like, vacation yeah, a little vacation but <laughs> introduced us to a tom and tom and jerry yeah exactly <laughs> i may have one of those last night uh or but six. you know i guess what what i was going to say is if you are in the habit of asking permission and getting permission or you do get get you gotta you gotta throw the 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 guy a bone don't you i mean no one here is going to disagree with that and it is a you know if you are out on that mission to find a place it's it's good to have that bottle of jack daniels in your yeah, truck yeah. or a jack links or, or yeah something anything i mean i bet you well lavore probably let you do it anyway but you know if you rolled up to lavore's house and had a bottle of early times in the truck and wanted to gain access or and he might not let you but he would let no. a kid. He would let a kid. You, you sure. want to come shoot that. a deer? Yeah. And you should give him a bottle of E and T for that too. Ninety nine percent of the time, there he'll let a kid shoot a deer for sure. Um, so what? What's the? I mean, we didn't really have a point of this podcast. I guess it was just more. We're brainstorming I, on how to make our. On, well, it, and I know what you're getting at, but I think <laughs> I mean what I what I think you're getting at is. What's the final say? I guess have the confidence and have the uh, uh, politeness to you to to if you if you were on the fence, literally on the fence, if it's maybe uh, trespassing, maybe not trespassing, get an app or get a map or make some phone calls and and get a hold of whoever owns that property or whoever's leasing that property. It never hurts to ask. Why you would just feel Mm -hmm. so much better and safer out there 
Um, and the oh, worst yeah. thing they could do is tell you no. You remember? I just hit, this story just hit my head. I won't say where we were, but a, a, a small town in Nevada, and there was a there was a good looking coyote stand. And we ended up driving around. There was a there was actually a ranch house on it, and the lady was in her yard. And we pulled right in and said, "Hey, do you own this field right here?" And she said, "Yeah." We said, "Can we go call coyotes off of that?" Uh, there was like a structure kind of a thing on it, and she said, "Yeah, go ahead." And then there's a fence that'll get you to that one too. You guys remember that? No. It was a, uh, you have a great memory. You're such you have such a young brain. North of north of Winnemucca, it was the three of us. can't believe you guys don't remember well we didn't kill one it's probably why you don't remember it but <laughs> yeah we drove we literally drove right around the corner of the lady's house was sitting there and she was happened to be outside and we asked her and we then remember we drove we parked and we walked right it was like a old hay barn and we put our backs to it and called out gosh you, you should have not ruined the story and said we called it triple in i know i could have lied and said yeah. we didn't kill anything but it really, was a great it really panned out i'm lost oh well but my, my, I don't remember what I ate three hours ago for lunch either. So. You'll remember it when I tell you where it was. But yeah, we've, we've done that several times. I mean, we've asked tons of ranchers for mission. I mean, I mean we just had, did we talk th- about it last? Think about, I mean, think about was, the relationships. One, one big one that it, he ended up being a kind of a long lost family friend and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. But you guys killed your two biggest mule deers because uh, striking up a conversation, yep. finding out you have a bunch in common. Yep. And uh, graduated. With look at what, look at how that relationship blossomed from basically yep. just a happen chance meeting in the desert, and most of the time you're just going to pass on by. But for some reason, Clay struck up a conversation, and it led to a couple of really nice mule deer getting taken. So, yep. Yep. you know, it's never going to hurt to. I mean, what if it turns into something like that, yep. and then and then year after year, you 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 don't have the hunting rights, or you're not technically leasing them but you have a relationship where you can call a person up and gain access to do anything that we're talking about from hunting squirrels to coyotes to yeah. if they got Fish, a pond camp. in the back yeah any of that kind of stuff it, what's, they're it, camping with your family shoot that's crazy now that you say that the only reason i was where you, who you're talking about that i ran into him is because we had access to the other ranch and that's why we were up there hunting and we just happened to be on one public road in between two places and he was there yep checking on some cattle that he had on some stuff higher in the mountains and trying and he came down to get some phone service where he had one little spot and i just stopped to check to see if he was all right and it ended up being <laughs> you know who it ended up being um ended up being about 400 inches worth of mule deer yeah horn. that's crazy so i had permission on one ranch to get and luckily or because we were there on that we ran into another guy where we got that permission. Yep. That's kind of cool. I didn't even think about that. Oh, so get down to it. Be ethical. If you're on the fence about it, like Clint said, figure don't, it out. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it and figure it out. Yeah. Because you're, it's, you might get away with it one time and you know, it's going to ruin everything for everybody else. If you do. You know know what else I was just thinking is it also, uh, it's important to maintain your, you know, social skills and things that are being lost in the younger generation. Now you gotta, you gotta have a, you gotta have the ability to speak to another human being and 
you know, like you said, be polite and be trustworthy and, and be someone that somebody doesn't mind letting you be on their property hunting instead of having your head buried in your phone all the time and you're, all that stuff. You're you telling know? me that I can't get on that rancher's Instagram page and DM him and see if we can get permission? I don't think most of them have those, but maybe. Maybe you find their <laughs> wife or daughter. Probably be better than all of us, but I don't know. That was just our thought for the day since we're kind of we're kind of finding some new places to hunt in Nevada and working on some different things. And, you know, we, we've had the conversation and we, we've been deer hunting a bunch this year. And, you know, you run into those fences and you're, we were with some people that had questions about private property and not private property and what's marked and what's not marked. And when you see one that's truly marked, how much different it looks than the ones that aren't. And so, again, we're only talking about Nevada. So do your own homework wherever you're from and. Yeah, I mean, we did. We asked the permission. We kind of talked about it a little bit last week about asking permission. We used to have permission. It, that property got sold, and that's what we did last weekend was go find more yep. permission to get access to the that hunting again. So yeah, we, we have been talking about doing less coyote hunting a little bit because of the pressure and doing some other stuff and finding new spots. And yeah, the workarounds. So. uh yeah be nice be polite be respectful if you get that permission take care of your host don't be out there banging away at four in the morning unless they tell you it's okay to do so and don't be the bad apple i guess is where i was going with that one today's uh episode got 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 brought to you by our favorite new addition to the family our little six hour 22 suppressed P three two 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 bad boy. God, so fun. Twenty round mag. If you haven't got yourself a suppressor yet, do it. We we have some cool ones. I don't I don't know. There there's tons of them out there, but the one we like is the suppressed armaments. He's a local guy here in Reno ish. Uh, but they're all cool. I mean, and if you haven't shot with one yet, you'll never go back. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next week. Last name, more 50 years too late.